Welcome back, humans and friends. It's gonna be the new one. Humans and friends. So as promised, I said last episode that I would start as soon as possible. It's taken a little bit longer than I thought it would, but this is as soon as possible. So we're gonna start with The Science of Salvation. It's a book that I purchased years ago and I'm finally getting to. It was actually originally published in 1969 by a French Jesuit named René Latouré. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly as best I can do. René Latouré. Alright, so it's a very fascinating book. And it's actually not that dense. Like you would think a theology book, if you're anybody who has ever read theology books, you would think it would be really dense because some of them are. But this one's not that bad. However, it is written in French and translated to English in the 1960s. So some of this language of English is not commonly used today in 2023, but we're going to do the best we can. Alright, so the main points of this that I want to cover from chapter 1, first of all, we're starting with chapter 1, so the main points I want to cover is how he introduces the fact that there are two senses in which the word theology is used. The wide sense of the word theology is just the knowledge of God, like me knowing God. And the this sense as well, continue on, this sense has two different senses within itself, right? So the first wide sense of the word theology is knowing God, the knowledge of God. And then there is an objective and a subjective sense of that sense. Right? So stay with me here. Don't get confused. So there's a word theology, right? And there's two different ways we can use that word. And the one is the widest sense, and it just means knowledge of God. Within that wide sense, there's also two objective and subjective sense. So the subjective sense, he says, is the knowledge of God which has of himself and the created universe. So this is God's subjective knowledge of himself and of what he has created. This sense also includes revelation, in which God basically shares the knowledge he has of himself with humans in a way that humans can understand. All right. So God knows himself and God knows everything he's created. Then in Revelation, God shares with humanity what he understands of himself. And he does it in a way that humans can grasp it. Okay. This revelation is also where faith comes into play. Because, quote from the book, faith brings about the meeting between God, who is revealing himself, and man, right? So God knows himself. God knows everything he has created. God chooses to reveal that knowledge to humans. And within that revelation, it's basically a meeting between God and humans, right? So you can also think of it as like a conversation. Revelation is not God just saying, hey, look at this. Revelation is God entering into 
an encounter with us, a dialogue with us. God wants to reveal his knowledge of himself and the world to us in a way that we can understand. And so he's not just putting up billboard signposts hoping that you'll read it. No, he wants to actually have a conversation and meet with you. Okay. Then Father Rene goes into a discussion of the characteristics of revelation. So first of all, we have started with the word theology. We've broken that down into two senses. We've started with the wide sense, which is just the knowledge of God. And then we've talked about the subjective sense, which is God knowing himself. Then we've talked about revelation, which is God revealing his knowledge to us. And now we're going to talk about the characteristics of that revelation. All right, so number one, revelation is universal. In other words, it's intended for all of humanity. So God doesn't pick and choose certain people he wants to reveal himself to. No, he eventually wants to reveal himself to all of humanity, right? The second is that revelation is public and social, meaning it is to be shared with others and not simply hidden in the depths of the hearts of believers. This is the biggest part or the most important part to me. It is fantastic. It is phenomenal that God wants to meet with us and reveal himself to us. But even more so, God wants us to then share that revelation with other people. Right, so this is where it can seem a little bit tricky. Because I'm sure there are people out there that are like, well, this person over here, they know way more about God than I do. They have a stronger relationship with God. So how can you really say that this revelation is for all of humanity? Well, that's hidden in this statement right here. Yes, there are those people who, it seems, connect with God more easily than others do. But it's then their responsibility to share that with others, right? with those people who maybe have a more difficult time meeting with God on that level. Right? So this is God's plan. There are certain people that are going to be more ready to meet with him, and it's going to be easier for him to reveal himself to these people. But then the point of that is that those people will not just hide it in the depths of their hearts, but to go out and share it with others. Okay. Next, he says, Father Rene says, Revelation is hierarchical, which means it is not given to every person in the same way, but to a small group of people who are then tasked with sharing what they have seen and experienced. So this is just building upon what he has already said. Some people receive the revelation very quickly, very easily, and then it's their responsibility to share what they have experienced with others, with those people that have a more difficult time. Finally, revelation is progressive, which means humans don't understand or possess it all at once. Instead, humanity gradually understands more and more of what God reveals, right? So it's not like a one and done. It's not like God just reveals everything to us and then that's it. That's all we needed. Right now, it's progressive. It builds upon itself. Over time, you will understand more. Right? Gradually, we understand more and more of what God is revealing to us because God doesn't want to overwhelm us. Okay. 
And this section I'm going to close with my favorite quote that I found in this first section. And that says, The human mind receives its object through the senses. That is why revelation is made to us by means of images, symbols, parables, allegories, and so forth. Now this is my favorite quote from this section because we can't divorce our senses from our intellect. We have to experience God through these images, symbols, parables, allegories, and, and anything else that affects our senses. That's the primary way we as humans encounter our world, right? I don't know what a tree looks like unless I have seen a tree. And I use one of my five senses to see that tree. And then I understand what a tree is, okay? And the reason this is important to me is because that's what the Catholic Church focuses on in certain ways, right? It's not wrong for us to have statues and stained glass windows and paintings and music and incense and bells and all that kind of stuff. I know that there are Christian churches that feel that that's just not necessary. They think it's excessive, but we focus on the reality that we have bodies that need their senses to receive information. Right, so it's not something that God himself thinks is excessive and unnecessary. Okay. God knows that we have those senses. God knows that we use those senses to encounter everything around us. So God condescends to use our senses to reveal himself to us. Right? It's not something that God thinks is beneath him to do. Okay. Okay, so let's take stock quickly before moving on of where we have been so far. We have talked about the two senses of theology, the word theology. We've talked about the wide sense, which is the knowledge of God. We've talked about this sense having an objective and subjective sense within itself. And we've talked about revelation. So now we're going to move on to the objective sense. So the, subject, the subjective sense was God's knowledge of himself, and revelation is God revealing his knowledge to humans. And now the objective sense of theology is humans knowing God. Right? And this sense, this objective sense of humans knowing God, has in itself three forms. Okay? Number one is the knowledge of God obtained through reflecting on the created universe. So this is us learning about God just by looking at creation and not just blind, not, I shouldn't say blindly, not just like vacantly looking at things and not really thinking about them, but it's a reflecting on the created universe. So I go out into nature and I look at things and I think about it. I reflect about it. The second is knowledge of God obtained through reading and reflecting on the scriptures. So this is me not, again, just looking at the words on the page, but this is me really digesting, if you will, what is written in the Bible. So I read it and then I think about it, I reflect on it. And the third is knowledge of God through the beatific vision, or seeing God in heaven. Okay, 
So the objective sense of theology is humans knowing God. And there are three different forms humans can know God. First, through reflecting on the created universe. Second, through reflecting on what we read in the scriptures. And third, through just seeing God in heaven. Right? And so these, again, are in a sense hierarchical. Right? So the perfect form is the third one. They build on top of each other. First of all, I can just get a basic understanding of God by looking at the created universe and reflecting on it. I can get an even more specific knowledge of God by reading what he has specifically asked to be written in scriptures. And then third, the most perfect, I completely understand God by seeing him in heaven. Okay. And Father Rene says these three are typically referred to as natural theology, theology proper, and the theology of homecoming. Now, this may be something that is not used very often. When I was in college studying theology, I had never seen it explained this way, but I think it fits very perfectly. Natural theology is nature, reflecting on nature and, and understanding God through nature, right? Theology proper, like what we typically think of when we hear the word theology, is like a Bible study, reading what God has revealed in scripture, right? And the third one is the theology of homecoming. So I'm going back to God where I belong. I'm going home, okay? So I see God in the beatific vision in heaven. I am home. It's where I belong, right? And another favorite quote I have taken from this one says, while in creation, the wisdom of God is, as it were, imprisoned in things. In Revelation, this wisdom is humanized in the word of the prophets. Then it becomes incarnate in Jesus Christ. So in this quote, you sort of have encapsulated those three different ways that humans come to know God. Right? Creation is the wisdom of God as it were, imprisoned in things. So God's wisdom is inside those things that he has created, right? I have to really unpack it and think about it because they're imprisoned, as he said. They don't tell me, hey, there's a God. I have to really look at them and think about them to come to that conclusion, okay? Then, it's humanized in the words of the prophets. Because remember, humans were the authors of the Bible. They were inspired by God, who we consider to be the primary author of the Bible, but ultimately it's humans who wrote the words down, right? So God's wisdom is then humanized in those prophets whom God chose to speak for him. Then it becomes incarnate in Jesus Christ. The most perfect revelation of God's wisdom is in the person of Jesus Christ. So it's creation, then it's scripture, and then it's God incarnate, right? Threefold, again. Next, Father Rene goes into a little more detail about the three types of, the, of objective theology. And finally comes what I think is the most interesting part of this chapter, where in this detail, he discusses theology in the strict sense. He says, Supernatural theology, or theology proper, is the science of God, but a science which sets out from revelation. It speaks of God, 
but of God as he is known to us through his revelation, and insofar as his revelation can introduce us to a deeper knowledge of his inner mystery. So let's unpack this. What we call theology proper, or can also be called supernatural theology, is a science of God. A science which begins in Revelation. And remember, Revelation is God communicating his own knowledge of himself to us. It's not something we created. It's something we have discovered. Right? So it's a science of God that begins from studying what he has revealed. And it speaks of God, but of God as he is known to us through his revelation. And insofar as his revelation can introduce us to a deeper knowledge of his inner mystery. So you, we can call it a science, meaning that we study it and that we try to understand the things that have been presented to us. And I had never heard that before. I had never heard anyone call theology a science. In fact, in college, it's part of the liberal arts department. And liberal arts is not considered a science necessarily, not per se. So this was really interesting. So it's a science basically in the sense that we study it. And what are we studying? We're studying what God has revealed to us about his own knowledge of himself. Right? So that we can come to understand his inner mystery. And not a mystery in the sense of it's not understandable, obviously. A mystery as in the sense of I can't... I can't plumb the depths of it. It's so deep that it just goes on and on and on. I will never reach the end. There will always be something else for me to discover. Right? To put it another way, Father Rene says, Since faith and revelation are correlative notions, it could be said that theology is the science of the object of faith. That is to say, the science of what is revealed by God and believed by man. So science and revelation are correlative notions, like they work together. So it could be said that theology is the science of the object of faith, that is, God. So I'm studying what is revealed by God and what is believed by man. Okay? Then he says, while the natural sciences are built upon the data of experience, theology is built upon the data of revelation received by faith. So in natural sciences, it's just collecting data, right, from the created world. But in the science of theology, it's something that is received by faith, something that's revealed to us by God, and we receive it through faith. And I have, again, never heard it described in this way by anyone else. I have ne literally never heard anyone else describe theology in this way. And then Father Rene says, what this means for theologians, or those who study theology, is that they are trying to, by reflection, arrive at a deeper understanding of the mysteries to which they already adhere to by faith. So if I don't believe this stuff to begin with, then I'm never going to practice theology. I'm never going to enter into this science of trying to understand what I believe and what God has revealed to me. Right? So I have to believe it first. I have to have received it by faith. And I only receive it by faith because God has chosen to reveal it. But then I don't just let it sit there, 
right? I'm not just like, okay, God, I believe in you. No, I try to understand what exactly it is that I believe. What is it that God is revealing to me? Why do I believe this? Why did God reveal it to me? Right? So this is what a theologian does. This is basically the work of a theologian, is to unpack what we believe, what God has revealed to us, why do we believe it, and why has God revealed it to us? What's the point here? Okay. Then Father Rene says, What is, for the believer, pure and simple, an object of assent, the theologian attempts to comprehend? What the believer, pure and simple, affirms as true, the theologian tries to see as intelligible. Okay. So again, that's just expanding on what he's already introduced. You have a believer who just affirms these things to, to be true, just pure and simple, and just assents to them through faith. It's pure and simple. A theologian takes that to the next level. They attempt to comprehend it and explain it and see it as intelligible. And so that's the whole point of theology. And then there's another quote I want to read. Father Rene says, Theology, as a science, is the work of the believer who uses his reason in order to understand better what he already possesses by faith. Theology is faith lived by a thinking man and scientifically elaborated. Which again is a fascinating quote. And we're going to close with this one. This I think is necessary right now because there's still this ongoing conflict that people seem to think exists between religion and science or faith and science or theology and science. They think that the two can't coexist because one of them is based on facts and the other is just based on some sort of sentimental, emotional notion that has no facts, nothing intelligible, nothing tangible, nothing that I can actually analyze with my mind. And what Father Rene is suggesting here is that that's just not the case. That is just not the case. In fact, we can term theology a type of science because I'm not satisfied, as a theologian, I'm not satisfied with just accepting that these things are true because God revealed them, because God said so, right? And some people believe that that's all you need to do. And if you, you take it a step further beyond that, well, then you must lack faith and you're being blasphemous. How dare you try to understand the things that God has revealed to you? Which, without being condescending or trying to mock or make fun of them, I think that is laughable. I mean, God has given us an intellect. God has given us a mind. God has given us the power to analyze and understand things. So then why would God think it disrespectful of us to try to analyze what he has revealed to us? I don't personally think that it shows a lack of faith. I think that the only thing that can really be gained by practicing theology as a science is, is deeper understanding. Are you going to struggle with some things? Sure. Are you going to start to question things? Sure. But it doesn't have to end in a loss of faith, right? It just deepens faith. If it's done with respect and it's done with that goal of deepening my faith, it's not done with the purpose of disproving what has been revealed to me, then I think the only thing you can 
achieve from it is a deeper understanding. Okay? And this is what John Paul II, Pope Saint John Paul II, said in his encyclical, um, Fides et Ratio, right? Faith and Reason. He said that faith and reason are two wings that carry the human person up to God, right? You can't fly with just one wing. If I have just reason or just faith, I can't fly. I need both of them, okay? So we're going to close that out here and stay tuned for more episodes on this topic. God bless and have a wonderful day.